either one of these any good? Wow, this is a good movie. It's pretty good. Well, the director from yesterday doesn't think so. It stinks. You sorry. You waste all our film. <laughs> it's so bad. Greetings from the frozen tundra of the Midwest, uh, specifically Columbus, Ohio. We got a bit of a blast here the last <laughs> couple of days. It's, actually, it was touch and go whether we were going to pull off a, a podcast this week because we didn't know how easily you could get to the studio. Correct. But uh, we made it, and uh, hopefully it's uh, it's not as bad where you are. Hopefully you're all dug out and ready to talk about some movies. She is Hope Madden. I'm George Wolf. We're from MadWolf.com, and we're ready. And let's start with the reunion of the Jackass crew. After 11 years, they're back for their final crusade. We'll see about that. This is Jackass Forever. Hello, I'm Johnny Knoxville. Welcome to Jackass. If you're gonna be dumb, gotta be tough. You're still blowing people up. As if life's not hard enough. Oh, man, I'm on Jackass. It's a Texas rat snake. Venomous? I just need you to like sit with my grandpa. Just make sure he doesn't smoke. Oh, oh, oh. oh my god! A bunch of NASA scientists right now. It's gotta be over, dude. I think we're all the way finished. We're through. Stick a fork in it. Wow. Forever doesn't really sound final. No. <laughs> Does it? <laughs> Sounds I, like a long, long time, though. <laughs> as, as as I said in my uh, written review, that it's how does that strike you? Does Jackass Forever strike you as a promise or a threat? Because <laughs> that's really all you need to know about whether you want to see this movie. If Jackass is your thing, you know what to expect because it's more of it. And this is now the sixth installment in the franchise if you count like bad grandpa sure. was a jackass franchise which, which we liked very I much was i very thought funny. bad bad grandpa was very funny and i still bring up that that is some of the best old man makeup that i've seen exactly cuz so many big budget movies you think what's the problem yeah. with the old man makeup and they nailed it um and and he's back as bad grandpa in a in one segment of this movie, but yeah, Johnny Knoxville and the crew. It's Wee Man. It's um, Steve O and a guy named Poopies. And uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know how many. I haven't followed the the entire crew, so I don't know how many of these people are new. How many? I, obviously, I know Steve O and Wee Man have been there pretty much forever, and Johnny Knoxville and their um, director Jeff goes back a ways. And I didn't know there is one. At least for this movie, there is one female member of the troupe, uh, Rachel. Uh, so I don't know how long she's been in on it, too. But, you know, it's an idiot guy thing, most of it. Um, it they start out with a actually a, a pretty inspired spoof of a Godzilla movie. But, of course, in this, the Godzilla is played by a penis. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the sort of deep metaphorical lair <laughs> that, that Jackass deals with. It's a lot of nudity. It's a lot of male nudity. Um, I'll tell you, Steve-O has no problem being naked at, at all. <laughs> And there's a lot of shots to the ding-ding. And there's uh, a lot of those sorts of pranks where people maybe get hurt, at least have the, the possibility of getting hurt. And then some of, some of my favorite ones are the ones where they go undercover, like Bad Grandpa, mm -hmm. where he goes into a furniture store and they, and they pull something. And some of those, actually, I thought for this movie, stop just when I wanted them to keep going uh, and, and push it a little bit farther. And they, they seem to be some of the shortest ones, shortest segments in this movie. But there are some really funny bits. I mean, there's one called Silence of the Lambs where they put these guys in a pitch black room 
with a venomous snake, and then we get to watch through the you know Buffalo Bill type heat goggle vision. And oh, is that a guy, naked guy with his sack tucked back? <laughs> Maybe just to give you that full Silence of the Lambs experience. So, and and part of the the fun, I guess, even on the ones where you don't think they're that funny. The guys sure do yeah. as they're going through this, and you can you can really tell their their friendship is still so strong. And after twenty some odd years of making these movies, toward the end, you 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 definitely detect a little sentimentality. <laughs> they're looking back on their time together, and will this be the end? Because Johnny Knoxville now is forty nine years old, mm-hmm. and you do notice that he is doing less and less of these stunts himself. Uh, because he can really get hurt. <laughs> and, you know, they're all not getting any younger. But, um, you know, they, they inflict a lot of pain on themselves and on each other. You know, even the uh, Rachel agrees to take some scorpion stings to the face. Mm. <sighs> uh, you know, why? Why? They, yeah. <laughs> it's just a, that's what they do. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's a, it's a real tight-knit group, and they really seem to love each other, and they love doing this stuff. And, and again, if this if you like seeing it, for me personally, even though there are some funny bits, it gets old fast. Right. And there's an hour and a half of this, so it's going to leave you uh, laughing, wincing, some checking your watch a little bit. And I know perfect for you is the bodily fluids, yeah, because gotta... especially the one where the entire point is vomiting. Yeah. Uh, no. you, you have a problem there. I do. <laughs> I don't like the body fluids. And there's other bodily fluids from both uh, man and beast. Uh, let's leave it at that. If you, if you have seen Jackass, you probably know what I'm talking about if you've seen some of the old episodes. And there are guest stars, celebrity guest stars, uh, Tony Hawk and um, Eric Andre and Machine Gun Kelly. Ohio's own Machine Gun Kelly gets involved, so you'll see some... Some famous faces doing some cameos, but very simple. If you like this stuff, you're going to like it. And if you want to blow off some steam, I can totally understand, you know, what we've been living through. You just want to see some stupid pranks, you'll get them here. And I thought it hit about about half the time uh, and missed about half the time, but uh, it's more of the jackass, and it's jackass <laughs> forever, and it's in theaters now. All right, let's do a mystery crime thriller next. A disgraced ex-cop seeks solace by moving into the woods but his quiet life comes to an end when a private eye recruits him to investigate a murder. This is Last Looks. Officer, they're going to arrest you. Go put some clothes on. Don't be silly, love. The network will adore me in this wardrobe. Anyway, if it's good enough for Wacko Jacko, it's good enough for me. Can't you tell when a girl just wants to have a drink with you? Buckle up. Okay, look, I'm a pacifist, and I refuse to get involved. Have you had enough? I've had enough. Charlie Hunnam. You know, where's he been? I, as a general rule, I like him in things. Yeah, agreed. And he does. He provides a pretty good anchor here for this noir-ish type mystery. That uh, it's it's one of those movies where I really expected it to have. Some of that leading voiceover narrative, like like noir does. Yeah, mm-hmm. so something just really over the top. Was well, I saw that open door and I knew it was going to be a long night, or something like that. Sure, yeah. And it doesn't have it. <laughs> and halfway through the movie, you're almost thinking, "Boy, it does, doesn't it?" No, <laughs> it doesn't. But yeah, <laughs> it's it, Charlie Hunnam is is the star. He is he's Charlie. His character name is Charlie as well, and he's a uh, disgraced L.A. cop who's moved into the 
into the hills, into the woods in a trailer, and he's just trying to get away from it all. And he's he's brought back into the game by an ex-flame of his uh, named Lorena, played by Marina Baccarin from uh, Deadpool. Deadpool, yeah. Yeah, it seems like it seems that this celebrated actor, Alistair Pinch, played by Mel Gibson, has been accused of murdering his wife. And, of course, the studio has a lot wrapped up in him. He's a big star, and they want Charlie's sleuthing skills on their defense team. Well, he politely declines, uh, but they let it loose to the news that because he's famous as a disgraced cop, there was a big trial and everything, so he's known in those areas. Uh, they let it uh, slip to the media that he has joined the team. So he comes down from the hills on his bicycle to try to make it clear, like, no, I haven't. And the next thing you know, they're throwing money at him. He's getting beat up by random people. And uh, he's persuaded just to spend one day with Alistair before he swears off the case entirely. And that's where Mel Gibson comes in. And like him or don't. I don't. And I know he's got a ton of baggage. I get it. He doesn't waste the opportunity to steal this movie because he seems to relish the chance to have fun with his own bad boy image. And it's. It, it is. It's it's a kick to watch because uh, Alistair is a great big drunk and he, he has some great lines and he has some great over-the-top action, kind of wink-wink. And the show that he stars in, the actor stars in, is called Johnny's Bench. And he's a, he's a judge named Johnny. Uh, and and it, that is sort of feeds into the, the fun of it, which makes kind of made me think halfway through, are they trying to do a nice guys here, the, the noir? Sure. Uh, but... Then they they don't really commit to the fun. I mean, it's not nearly as funny as a nice dies. I mean, just nothing is. Don't get me wrong. That movie's hilarious. But then it starts going over the top with noir, and you think, oh, it wants to be L.A. Confidential, and it just ends up somewhere in the middle. I kind of wish they would commit it. Would have committed one way or the other. I think I, I I would like them to commit to the to the fun angle a little bit more. This is director Tim Kirkby, who's done a lot of TV, like episodic um, television, like Veep, things like that. And the writer is Howard Michael Gould, who also wrote the source novel. So he he uh, is adapting his own uh, book in this one. It is engaging. It's too long. It's at least twenty minutes too long. It pushes the runtime pushes uh, two hours, and that that is is too long for this because it's a lot of uh, territory that we've seen before. But the mystery is engaging, and yeah, to be honest, anytime Mel Gibson is on the screen with this character. It is fun to watch, and uh, it's one that is streaming, I believe. I don't think it's in theaters, is it? It's uh, it's on Prime, debuting on Prime um, this weekend. And if you like this sort of stuff, especially if you're hauled up at home because of the weather, which I can certainly <laughs> understand, a lot of people are around here anyway, uh, it's a decent mystery that will keep you engaged, and, and, and it's fun. It's fun enough. Uh, called Last Looks on VOD Now. Let's go back to the theaters for a drama. Neil and Alice Bennett are the core of a wealthy family on vacation in Mexico until a distant emergency cuts their trip short. When one relative disrupts the family's tight-knit order, simmering tensions rise to the forefront. This is called Sundown. Did you even lose your passport? No. Do you want my money? Is that why you're doing this? You are family. If you want me to give up my share, I'll do it. I'll sign anything. What are you doing? What are you doing?
Just come home. That description is accurate and doesn't tell you anything at all about this movie, which is one of the things that's absolutely fascinating right, about this movie. Is right. that essentially, you just never really know what you're watching. You can't figure out the hell is happening the whole time. Yeah. And it's so just fascinating the way this film tells its story. Because the truth is, an awful lot happens and yet you're sort of separated from what's going on by this character played by Tim Roth, who is so good in this movie, who just in a completely likable, amiable way does not seem to care. And it's amazing the stuff that doesn't really hit him. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, murder, hostage, uh, death in the family, stint in prison. I mean, he's just, yeah. he's pretty unruffleable. Yeah. And, um. It's fascinating. He's amazing. Tim Roth is amazing in this movie because he doesn't talk very much. He drinks a lot of beer. He sits on the beach a lot, kind of, you know, lets his toes in the sand for hours and then kind of falls asleep a lot. And you just, and still, you're so compelled by this character because what the hell? Um, It's just, it's a fascinating movie. It's very unlike, I mean, the whole movie is kind of a sleight of hand. It's as if you're watching an action movie from the point of view of a character who's not involved in the action, (laughs) but he is. It's just nuts. One of those that has its own committed pace. They're just like, just stay with us. Stay with us. And the uh, writer-director is Michelle Franco. Who's done a couple of other films with Roth, actually. And Charlotte Gainsbourg uh, has an important part in this as well. And her energy... She she's very frustrated with him in the way that I think sort of the audience is. I mean, she grasps what's going on and responds to it in a way you might expect. <laughs> it's just it's not a funny movie. It's really not. It's not meant to be a comedy. It's just that it's so unusual mm-hmm. that it's hard not to kind of, in, you know, kind of in retrospect, laugh at the way they pulled it off. Yeah. Don't expect a lot to happen. Uh, but at the same time. A lot happens. It <laughs> really sounds weird. But it does. That, but that just shows you how a different type of storytelling can, can be refreshing. Yes. Just just hang with it. And this one is in theaters. And, uh, yeah, a great uh, performance by Tim Roth, who, honestly, I'm not always a big fan of. A lot of times uh, he doesn't do it for me. But uh, it's, it's great to see a performance like this. It is because I think a lot of times he overdoes it. He mm-hmm. Tim Roths it. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. he just goes a little over the top, and that's just not the case here at all. It's yeah. very understated and, and really lovely. Yeah, and it's in theaters now called Sundown. How about a horror thriller? Yes, please. A boy deals with the loss of his mother by creating a dangerous relationship with a monster rumored to live in the woods. This is called Slapface. What happened? Did you see it? I grew up down on Bolden Lane. Come back here, pig! Not far from where you guys are at. Lucas, sometimes we do terrible things. We can't help ourselves. I'm a Wiccan. It's like good witchcraft. Never wonder what he does with himself. I mean, where he goes. You don't get it. It's something just for us. There's something I gotta know. Are you good or evil? She doesn't eat up the bad kids. She's their friend. August Maturo plays a little kid. You know, I don't know, 11, 12, 13-year-old boy named Lucas. Mm -hmm. Uh, His parents are dead, you know, coming into it. They, They died not too long ago in a car accident. And he's really 
really misses his mother. Uh, he's living with his older brother, an adult, his older brother, who uh, uh, they play a game called Slap Face, where they just smack each other across the face sort of as a way to deal with <laughs> yeah. what's going on. And, and, and it's, it's interesting, and it's, it's weird. And um, one of the things I think this movie does really, really well is to – it dives into abuse and bullying – and the complicated emotional relationships that sometimes cloud whether or not what's happening is abuse or mm. bullying. Mm-hmm. And from the perspective of, of, you know, a very lonely, grieving young man, boy, um, how actually those the, the complications of the relationships, the presence of affection within this makes it so much more devastating to the person who cannot figure out why this is going on or, in fact, just sort of sees it as, the way life is that yeah. people who you who are tender with you in one moment in the next moment right. just pull the rug out from under you in a way that leaves you devastated, um, and it's metaphorical. Of course, the idea is this is how you create a monster. He has essentially an imaginary friend, or does he have a real friend? Who's this played by Lucas Hassel under a lot of of you know makeup and prosthetics and costumes? He does a great job. The two and he have by the a- way and he by the way is a veteran of Nightmares Film Festival. We've seen him and met him at the uh, festival before. And it's it's nice to see him getting uh, getting this part as well. Yeah, and it's actually it's an ex- it's an extension of a short film right. that was that was also called Slapface, and he played the ogre in that as mm-hmm. well. It's a different little boy playing uh playing the the lead, but the two of them have really great, very tender on screen chemistry, which is important because it mirrors the same sort of abuse and bullying that is going on in Lucas's real life. It's a very well put together movie. It's not real tight. It's loose mm-hmm. and kind of. And sometimes that works for it, and sometimes it works against it. But on the whole, based mainly on those two performances and how well the movie treads that kind of emotional ambiguity, it's it's very strong. And this is writer-director Jeremiah Kipp, and you can find this one on Shudder. And I thought you made a good point in your written review. You brought up similarities to themes in uh, A Monster Calls, which is a beautiful movie. And any time a movie can get anywhere in that neighborhood, it's a good thing. Have I ever cried as hard at any movie? <laughs> the monster, a monster calls, killed me. Uh, just, just yeah. ripped me to shreds. Yeah, it was such a great movie, and this one definitely worth checking out. Again, it's on Shutter uh, right now, called Slapface. Here's another movie that has taken uh, quite a few years to get here. It's a life-size blow-up doll developing a soul and falling in love with a video store clerk. This is called Air Doll. <laughs> This is a 2009 film from Hirokazu Karida, who did Shoplifters yeah. and, a, and a bunch of other. I mean, he's just a masterful. The shoplifters, I think, really got him known to American audiences and international audiences. Yeah, and, it, and this film was a, a huge success when it came out in uh, Japan, and it's just finally being made available in the United States uh, through streamers this weekend. And it's just so good that it's worth talking about. It's uh, it's kind of a Pygmalion type of story about, you know, the, the creature, the perfect woman mm-hmm. that has a soul and comes to life. But it, it just looks at it from a completely different angle. And it's really delicately told. There's this sort of looming foreboding about the whole movie, which is which is interesting because it also, in in a way, almost feels like it could become a comedy. The performances are wonderful. 
But in the end, it's really, it's quite a heartbreaking film. And Corita adapts the screenplay. This is based on a manga. Yeah, he does a great job. And Bay Duna plays the doll who Nozomi. comes to life, Nozomi, who is, you might know her from Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. She's just wonderful in this movie. It's a, it's a tough role because it could easily be sort of, you know, like sex kitten kind of. And she just yeah. makes it, she makes her so human. And there's, it, it never feels like posing. She's just, it's a wonderful film. Well, and that's really a key to having this movie be effective. You have to be able to see that she is human, and, and has a, that's the key to the entire thing. Yeah. And if she just plays it as a sex kitten, it's not going to work. No, not at all. It's, I mean, it's just, it's an unusual movie, and at the same time, it feels like something, it does. It feels like something you've seen before told from a very fe- fresh perspective. Yeah, and that's always welcome. That is on VOD, finally, here, after many years, called Air Doll. Let's go back to horror for a devoted couple's quiet weekend taking a bizarre turn when a nightmarish cult and their maniacal leader come to fulfill an apocalyptic prophecy in the long night. For 5,000 years, the serpent has been the great equalizer, cleansing the evils of man from the world with his venom. This ends now. Brandon Thomas reviewed this one for us, and it is Scout Taylor Compton, which you might remember from the couple of Rob Zombie Halloween films. Mm -hmm. And she has the lead in this and does a really good job. The movie treads very familiar ground. So many of the sort of plot ideas are going to be things that you have seen before, but the execution is excellent. And actually, if you're just... So, you know, if you're looking up information on this movie, it was until just very recently called The Coven. That happens so often it in does. horror films. So if you find out, if you find some information and, and it goes back and forth between those two titles, it is the same movie. Uh, the director is Rich Ragsdale, originally called The Coven. Now it's The Long Night. And uh, yeah, uh, Br- Brandon had a lot of fun with it, actually, because it's a pretty common horror trope you've got this couple you've got um their abandoned farmhouse got a satanic cult that's probably why it was called the covenant first yeah. uh and they're getting they're under siege yeah and how do you but how do you do it and uh as as brandon said in his written review it's all in the delivery exactly and uh he thought it was an effective delivery so you can find that on on vod starting this weekend called the long night Got a documentary next. The death of punk icon and X-ray specs frontwoman Polly Styrene sends her daughter on a journey through her mother's archives in this documentary entitled Polly Styrene, I Am a Cliché. People started saying she'd gone mad, but she felt she was going through spiritual awakening. I'm like an actress on stage, I'm one thing and off stage, I'm something else. I just consider myself as a person first. I went through a period where I rejected everything that my mum cared about. But now I find solace in retracing her footsteps. The world is playing catch up with polystyrene, not the other way around. I am a cliche. This is an interesting one. And Rachel Willis did the review of this one for us thought that the archival footage, particularly of Polly Cyrene, 
was really, really interesting and fascinating to watch and gives you a great glimpse of just the human that she was and the path that she took to revolutionize punk rock for women Mm -hmm. uh, when she kind of uh, came into the forefront with the X-ray specs. And then the perspective of her daughter, who was the one kind of mining all of this information, does a great job of, of showing things that probably even at the time people weren't really thinking through, which, which really is misdiagnosis of mental health issues and how a daughter grapples with what could have been had that been handled mm-hmm. properly, you know, many years ago. It's a fascinating movie, especially if you are a fan of, of punk rock, because you hear from a lot of people, and particularly, obviously, the X-ray specs. Yeah, and if you're not a fan of punk rock like myself, um, you'll still learn a lot about a, an artist worth knowing. And and really, that's, for me, I, I watch a lot of music documentaries that I may not like the band, but sure. they can still be very effective documentaries, and that can be the case here as well. So you learn something about an artist you may not be familiar with, and that is actually in theaters now called Polystyrene, I Am a Cliché. Got a family film next, a wolf pup and a lost lion cub are rescued by a girl in the heart of the Canadian wilderness. Their friendship will change their lives forever. It's the wolf and the lion. The she-wolf didn't come back. I'll have to take care of them myself. You have no right to them. Give me back my lion. I'll never let anything happen to you. How are you going to look after them when they're older? I have to protect them. They love each other. I'll get my lion back one way or another. Stop! I'll find a way home. Find a way home. This one was reviewed for us by Christy Robb and her daughter, (laughs) Emmy. (laughs) And Emmy, and this has happened before, that sometimes that they will cover family films for us, and Emmy, as a general rule, likes them better than Christy does. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the case here. Yeah. Um, And it's uh, one of the things that makes the movie compelling is that uh, it's the real animals. We're not watching CGI. They have a real wolf cub and a real Baby lion. So plus, right there, you get a you get an extra star. And this young woman who takes them in, and uh, this actress who is not too worried about laying on the floor with wild animals. It's, she oh. ought to go and be in Jackass. <laughs> <laughs> is she willing to get mauled by these animals? Anyway, yeah, this is uh, writer. Uh, the writer and director is oh boy, I'm going to butcher this. Giles De Maestri. Okay, close okay. enough. All right. <laughs> But I think, you know, uh, one of the problems with the film is that, in fact, the writer-director was speaking with somebody else about how there'd never been a movie about a wolf and a lion because mm-hmm. they are, in fact, by nature, separated by continents. And yeah. so so they create an artificial way. The the, the lion comes to them because of a, an airplane crash or something. It's a, it's a circus animal. Mm-hmm. And that's how – and so they do put, in fact, real – these two real animals together and see what happens, and that's the story. But the, the also the conflict within the fictional story is how awful it is that circuses – take animals out of their natural habitat and have them behave in a way that is unnatural to them for the entertainment of audiences. Which, hmm. Yes. <laughs> Who's doing ah, that? <laughs> that's ironic. So it was very tough for Christy Robb, the adult reviewer, to get past that. Emmy it's, was fine with it. Yes, Emmy was fine with it. <laughs> uh, it you know, the, the, the acting is 
not such much. The writing is not such much. It but it's is, about the animals. Yes, they're yeah. very cute. And when they're adults, it is kind of fun to see these two animals that would not have anything to sure. do with each other in nature hang out. And at the same time, it's really ironic right. that they're wagging a finger at essentially you, the audience, for enjoying <laughs> their movie. <laughs> but if you got some kids, if you got some young ones, they will probably like at least the animals. Uh, and it's in theaters now called The Wolf and the Lion. And bringing up the rear this week is a mystery. An architect is diagnosed with a rare eye disease, entering him into a surreal reality in which he sees people's true motives. As the visions become intolerable, he falls for a mysterious woman and confronts the truth about his own identity. It's called The Other Me. They see sounds. They can taste colors. They can even hear smells. Who are you? What is your name? I'm nobody. We are nobody. Who was it? Some other you. All right, I'll, I'll butcher this one. Writer-director Gija Aglads. That's fine with me. Is the president of the David Lynch Foundation. He's clearly a fan. Mm -hmm. And who isn't? We are. Like David Lynch. And there are an awful lot of filmmakers who sort of fall under that banner of Lynchian. That's a tough, that is a tough banner to fall under because that, those are big shoes to fill because David Lynch, even himself, I don't think could ever tell you exactly why or how he does what he does. So if you're going to sort of mimic that, you don't have a great path to follow because you don't know how or why he does what he does. And without seeming like you're trying to mimic him. So that's the problem with Mm -hmm. this movie is it feels very much like it's trying to mimic Lynch and not doing it very well. It doesn't seem to grasp the relevance that underlies Lynch's hallucinogenic framing and and scene structure. And although Lynch, he gets a executive producer credit here. And Jim Sturgis stars and he's always fine. He does a good job in everything. But in fact, the whole cast is 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 they're very talented it's primarily the writing. Uh, the film just is not as deep as it thinks it is, and it winds up being incredibly frustrating. I know it frustrated Matt Weiner, who reviewed the film for us. Yes, he did not care for it at all. No. Just uh, thought it was trying to be mysterious just for the sake of being mysterious and, and self-important, and it just didn't get that. For lack of a better word, the, the Lynchian effect, it's just someone who's trying to emulate it and not really understanding exactly why. And that is how Matt felt about it. And you can get that full written review at madwolf.com for The Other Me, which is out on VOD starting now. And with that, let's go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Back in the lobby where it's cozy and warm. (laughs) We've shoveled ourselves out. We're ready for some knowledge from Daniel Baldwin. A.K.A. the Schlocketeer. Hit us. <laughs> All right. Uh, there's a Sebastian Stan starring horror movie called Fresh that will premiere on Hulu on March 4th. And then also on March 4th, Dark Sky Films will release the horror movie Take Back the Night on VOD and Limited Theatrical. Oh, good. We saw that at yeah, uh, Nightmares Film Festival. We really like that, so uh, looking forward to that, getting a wider release. Very cool. And then on March 18th, Netflix is unveiling the latest uh, Numi Rapace action thriller called Black Crab. I think that's set in a bit of a frozen tundra, so that's applicable for you two today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's going from a lamb to a black crab. 
Interesting. <laughs> uh, Universal has pushed back the theatrical release of their crime thriller, The Outfit, from February 25th to March 18th. Uh, that one stars Mark Rylance, Zoe Deutsch, and Dylan O'Brien. I believe it's currently set for limited release only, but given how many movies have bounced out of March to get away from Batman, it's possible they end up taking it wide, like we recently saw happen with Redeeming Love and King's Daughter. And then Saban Films will release the action movie Panama on VOD on March 21st. That one stars Mel Gibson and Cole Hauser and is directed by Mark Neveldine of Crank 1 and 2 fame. Okay. IFC's horror thriller Barbarians will arrive in theaters and VOD on April 1st. A24 has pushed back the release of their Michelle Yeoh multiverse mind trip movie, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. It was going to come out limited on March 25th, but now it will open two weeks later on April 8th in wide release. So that's a nice upgrade for that one. Yeah, yeah, wider release, better. And then Sony will release the boxer-turned-preacher biopic Father Stew, in the theaters on April 15th, that one stars Mark Wahlberg and Mel Gibson. Wow. Busy, busy boy of late. <laughs> he is. Yeah, we've got one of his uh, this week, and he's got uh, two more coming. All right. Uh, April 15th, we'll also see the VOD and limited theatrical release of the Irish horror movie The Cellar. And that one comes from RLJE Films, which means it'll be streaming on Shutter at some point later in the year. Okay. Uh, we've got another Nightmares Film Festival movie hitting theaters and VOD on April 22nd. That's We're All Going to the World's Fair. And it, then it'll get a streaming premiere on HBO Max later in the year. Cool. And IFC's monster fairytale flick, Hatching, will arrive in theaters and VOD on April 29th. And lastly, the big good news of the week is that Scream 6 is a go. Uh, the new one raked in almost five times its production budget already. And it'll score even more eyeballs once it hits VOD and streaming in the next month or so. I guess they've got the same creative team back, as well as the surviving cast of characters, and they're shooting it this summer. So we might be watching it a year from now. Wow. Fun! Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, it was obviously, as you said, so successful that, it, of course, guarantees uh, guarantees another installment. So, yeah, you always find... It's, you always think, okay, how many times can you can the characters keep saying it's happening again? But, <laughs> but I, guess I guess they we'll will. Because, yeah, yeah, it was fun. All it right. was fun. That's all I got for you. All right. That's some good stuff. You can always catch up on the latest news with Daniel at the Schlocketeer on socials. Thank you. Hey, thanks for having me. All right, looking ahead to next week, looks like we've got a full slate, starting with the biggest studio title next week, Death on the Nile. The new Liam Neeson Blacklight. Oh, look at this, Marry Me. We've been seeing that uh, trailer for a while. I just hope it's better than the trailer. <laughs> I want you back. That We saw that already. That's yes. going to be interesting to talk about. Yeah. That'll be interesting to talk about. Also, uh, one called A Banquet. Catch the Fair One. Alone with You. The Fabulous Filipino Brothers. You know, their first album was good. After that, <laughs> uh, a, gra- a Grand Romantic Gesture. Bite Me. Jockey. And all the moons. All right. So we'll see about all those next week. But uh, until then, what do you think about this week? Jackass Forever. Is that a good thing? Uh, let us know. Keep the conversation going about any of these movies. We love it. You can find us on Twitter. That's easy. At Mad Wolf. Also on Facebook and Instagram. It's Mad Wolf Columbus. And the main website where you can find all of our written reviews and our other horror movie only podcast called Fright Club. That's all there for you at MadWolf.com. So uh, stay warm. Hope you're not snowed in and snowed under. We'll talk next week. And until then, she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf. And this is the Screening Room Podcast. See ya. I do wish we could chat longer, but. 
I'm having an old friend for dinner. Bye. Okay, everybody, that's a wrap.